step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good evening, everyone. This is Lydia Payne Johnson. I am the principal of Assassin Consulting and uh, welcoming you to this next series in our Living Your Best Life podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk about getting back to work and anxiety management for employees. This is part two in our series uh, this evening. Um, you know, when Richard Onkew is our guest host, co-host tonight. When Richard and I first started talking about this, um, the concept was really around getting back to the office after this three-month lockdown. Little did we know that we have now protests and demonstrations and other things that are adding to, that will add to anxiety and fears for everyone that is going back to work or has to go back to work, um, whether you are driving, whether you are commuting on a public transportation. But then there are, there are all the new rules of engagement, uh, whether you're in the street, whether you are in the office, you know, the proximity of coworkers, the common areas, using the restrooms, uh, commuting. So these new anxieties and fears, with all that's going on and all the erratic uh, messaging coming from the White House, um, you know, we're almost halfway through the year. And a couple of questions that come up is, um, what's summer going to look like? But more importantly, is there going to be a COVID-19 round two as we get into the fall and winter months? So, how do we kind of address these anxieties while companies are pairing the workspaces for, <clears throat> excuse me, for um, employees to uh, get back to work, get back to work in a more, and I'll put in quotes, helpful and more sanitized environment? There's still self-care. What do you need to do for yourself? So we're going to welcome back as guest co-host Richard Onkey. For those of you who are joining us and have not heard Richard before, um, first of all, it's going to be very informative. But secondly, Richard has over 20 years' experience in HR training and development 
in recruiting at Fortune 500 companies. He's also an independent business owner and teaches classes in spiritualism, tarot, and goal setting. Richard is a practicing Buddhist and believes in the power of manifestation. One of his key mantras is, so say it, so be it. Richard currently has a meditation CD that's available on his website, www.guidancebyrichard.com. Once again, we're thrilled to have Richard back as a co-host. Richard, welcome. Thank so, you so much. So, get us started. What should so, uh, those people, prepare, how should we prepare? Um, and what can you share about people preparing mentally for returning to the workplace? Well, some things to kind of think about uh, the sort of the, the luck we have now. So unlike before, we didn't really have a whole lot of information, and we've kind of, you know, kind of grown and, and sort of have some growing pains from that. And so now growing from an environment where we had to figure it out and kind of work from home or work remotely, these different things that businesses did to, to keep employees there, or we or at home kind of waiting to see what the next steps are. And so at, at some of that stuff kind of, we had a lot of anxiety around that, not really sure what the direction was going to be, a lot of fear around all those things. And, and so we've kind of gotten more comfortable now than we did before when we had no information. So we have a whole lot more information, and it's still learning and growing as well. And so when what I discovered and figured out some ways of really the key thing around um, anxiety management on all of our levels is really that control. So that unknown factor makes a lot of us feel unease. Um, it makes us anxious. It makes us a lot of fear. And we're just looking for, you know, some acknowledgement. I don't know the answers. And some, some of that is it adds to anxiety. And so the key thing for us to really minimize some of that thing is really having a sense of control. Um, and I have five key words that I came up with, and I hope everyone's taking notes because I think that the key thing is the value added to this presentation is now you're going to actually have functioning keywords, and, and now we're going to have a safety tool bag. So the five keywords that come to my mind is preparation, control, observation, Solutions and trust. So we're gonna, one of the things is the term. Now we're talking about the environment of inclusion. So inclusion means now you, you actually have an active part of it. So as an active part of it, then you know you really have a say in the matter. Unlike before, we didn't know what that was. So here you actually get to do some have some action steps. And so now in that preparation part of it, we have that safety tool bag. And so that safety tool bag is what you're going to derive. Uh, building this together so that you have a sense of control. So from a preparation standpoint, you're going to think about some things. Like I said, that control. So you're going to think about, okay, let me, some of the first things I'm going to figure out is let me contact my employer. Let me ask them some questions. So I'm geared up to ask them, you know, what precautions are in place. Do they have to stand hand sanitizer, cleaning agents, mask, all that kind of stuff. What is the work environment kind of changed? Um, some of that awarenesses, and what are you going to do about common areas, the bathroom, your peers. So there's a lot of things in terms of just a preparation for it. So first you're going to kind of ask your employee, have they even given any thought? So, again, 
you're going to feel geared in because you have an active part of this process. And so that's one step in terms of just preparing. Control, really having some level of control, meaning that now you're going to sort of have that tool bag that we talked about, that safety tool bag, meaning you're going to feel like you have to rebuild yourself, build up your confidence, um, making sure that you have an idea what the environment looks like. You're also going to have some answers. So it makes you feel like I, have, I sort of have control and I build up my confidence around that. But with that, then you know, again, you have asked some questions, and then perhaps they don't have all the answers, but at least that's going to really make you have less anxious because you sort of voiced your opinion or asked some questions um, around that. And also that leads into some activity for that control for yourself. So when I think of that control, it's like, okay, I know I'm going to go to work, so now I've now figured out I have to start work. So some things that you want to do to prepare yourself is really the night before. So the night before, think about yourself in terms of the day before. What am I going to wear? Get your clothes ready. Get your lunch ready. What's my agenda look like? What does my commute look like? Kind of map it out. If you're driving, have your car already gassed up. If you're commuting, checking on the route. So that part is one step that's important in preparing. The second one would be making sure that you have confirmation of kind of like what that next day is going to look like. Okay, so my day, I'm going to go to work. Um, first day, I understand it. I'm going to meet at the building or whatever the place, the physical place looks like. And then you're also now you're going to have your that emergency safety tool belt bag. So that bag is going to include different things. You're going to already have your, thinking about yourself and perhaps some others may do, need that too. So have your own little small travel sanitizer. Have your own little mask or two. Have all different things that give you a sense of security. Now, I also believe in the elements of things that we also include. So those four elements, those that know me know all about the elements. So water, air, fire, and earth. So in some representation, I'm going to think I'm going to have a bottle of water. I'm going to also think about uh, like a stone, something that allows me to hold on to it. Because some people like things tangible. Have a stone that's going to go in that bag. Um, maybe a prayer book. And then also a little notebook to take notes. So one of the things that's really important about this whole bag is that you're geared up. You're ready, anticipating whatever it is. So that in that self allows you to really minimize a lot of anxiety because you took all the actions the steps. You get that bag together. The other thing is just, you know, breathing. So after you got all your stuff ready to go, you're gonna when it's time to wind down for the bed, think about just really breathing exercise, you're gonna take it and pace yourself and you're gonna really guide yourself in terms of I'm confident, I'm I'm able to do this. Tomorrow's gonna be a good great day. You're gonna gear yourself all to that. And get your rest. So that way, that lessens the anxiety for you because you, you've really taken all a proactive approach before. And the day of, next day you get up, give yourself 30 minutes ahead of time. So whatever your normal time would be, say if you normally would be 8 o'clock leaving the door, give yourself 30 minutes before. Because now, again, don't rush yourself because you're already preparing. So that preparation allows you to, again, lower the anxiety. So I do have my stuff ready. Let me do my prayer exercise. Let me do an affirmation. 
let me get ready to prepare myself, and then I start to get ready to leave out the door. And right before you're going to leave out the door, you make sure you have all your stuff ready. And you do your deep breath, get ready, have your stuff ready, anticipating that what that drive is going to be, like the commute. Include in your commute some way you can have music. Music is a beautiful air therapeutic thing. So I really suggest in terms of that, have a low volume so you're able to hear things. Also have a light music or positive affirmations. The whole thing is you are completely geared up and you know your confidence level around that. You feel much more secure around that. Because in this way, when you allow yourself to really be at ease, so when things change up on you, then you're not going to feel crazy about or feel like, oh, my God, I anticipate that. But that proactive part is really, really essential. The other thing is upon once you get to your employer's place, just um, making sure when you first get there, seek out your leadership. Ask for find out what the manager or supervisor kind of what's going on, what changes have already occurred. Remember, you've already way ahead of time already asked about changes, but you're kind of confirming at this point by asking for your manager, the owner, or whomever around what things have changed. Have other people still there? Have employees happen? Think about your peers that, that may not be there. You can ask those questions. One of the other pre-work, and we don't want to uh, not acknowledge that we know that a number of people also passed away as a result of this. We, so unfortunately, we also have to find some level of acknowledgement and then some level of us handling that. That could have been your best your bestie next to you. So talking to that out and as a group, so you process it for yourself, but then you also ask again um, on the leadership team as to what's happening, what's the next step regarding that acknowledgement, something we can do. Really, really come with the idea of what you can contribute to that. Let's not put all the ownership on the employer, but we as active people now as collective work together that we want to figure out what is it I can do to help the team. Um, The other thing is now you're coming back. Now the day is finished. You kind of felt it, set it all out. The other thing with that notebook I referred to, now you're taking notes. So you kind of talk, you know, think about how did your day go? So when you're on your way home, you took some notes along the way, or maybe you reiterate or look at those things later on. So once once you get home, now you're going to think you're at your doorstep. You're back home. Some people will choose to leave their clothes at the door, clean themselves. That could put some sanitizer. Also, spiritually speaking, I like cleaning agents that, you know, maybe some water, spiritual water, could be Florida water, things about that energy, wise clearing that out. So then you can leave all that stuff, all those things that you didn't, know or leave that when you take the clothes off symbolically that you're leaving that stuff at the door so it could be clear. And then you bring your notebook. Then you start to think about reassess like what was the things I observed? What were the things because remember now you have an active role in it. So you really had an opportunity to to really know what it was like. So you probably should have very little anxiety. So the point is that control is important. That observation. Now you reflect. What did I see? What were some of the things that came about? What did I discover on my journey going, journey at work, on a journey coming back? And then kind of figure out, then solutions. So based on those observations, 
what can you possibly suggest? What can I do for myself? What can I do for others, uh, the greater of all? Because everyone's interested. It's learning. And that part of it, I'm sure you as yourself want to feel like you're empowered. You want to feel like you have a contribution into the team and your employer. And then also being able to express that. Who can I share these ideas with? Here's some things I observe I think will help. But really be focused on what can I do for the collective consciousness as for everyone. And the last thing is really about trust. You're not alone. So the everything you have has value. So trust that what you observe and things that you notice that has value. So trust that, you know, well, it might be a question someone just missed. It doesn't mean they don't care. It doesn't mean it was deliberate. But look at it from a very optimistic, hey, I have a great idea here. I know that these things will probably do. Maybe the way to function. Maybe you discovered some things when you were home. And because you were home and then now you go into this environment, you may have learned some things with all the information we now have with Geared Up. So it allows you to really have, like I said, it will help in terms of you being part of the process, you being actively part of it will really uh, make you feel like, okay, I can do this. Uh, and it makes you, for me at least, I find it where it makes me have a level of, uh, I'm part of the deciding factor. And because I know I'm part of it and have an active role of it, then I know that I, I very little to no anxiety because I do have that control. Mm. So, so Richard, what? First of all, that I think that's the great advice. Um, what could our listeners do if, okay, they they put their safety tool bag together and they're doing all this stuff, but still find themselves less productive because um, they're distracted. They heard somebody in the off in the distance sneeze, you know, that they, they can't sleep. Um, they get a little emotional. Like I said, maybe their bestie was somebody who, you know, sat in the office or in the workspace next to them and they're no longer there. And that that space hasn't even been cleaned up yet. You know, they haven't emptied it out. So what, what can what can our listeners do if they find themselves in that those situations? I think really, really important about that is as part of the whole observation and that's that that truth about that control. So meaning you don't necessarily have to have all the answers, but it's that acknowledgement part of it. So you know that, okay, it's understood that first days it could be the first week or so, that production is gonna be questionable because you're dealing with your emotions part. So that motion part, then you want to work through some of that. And I really believe now you don't have to be going through that alone now. Remember, we're talking now collectively, so you probably are not the only one that's experiencing that. So that's when it talks about how can we acknowledge that part. So that control about, let me, I have a solution. Let me talk to the boss. Let me see if we can do something collectively. Maybe do a silent prayer. Maybe we acknowledge those people, but we definitely the most important thing is we don't want to have a blind eye. But if you're going through something, you're feeling something, that's where the whole communication part about it. You have to trust that I'm going to share this. I'm, I'm more than likely to not be on one feeling that. So then the solution is, okay, what can we do together to make that lower that feeling or eliminate some of the anxiety about it? No one's forgotten. We mm-hmm. want to mention it. We want to acknowledge in those, their spaces that they're at. Let's do something 
um, maybe for a period of time. But that comes back to that solution. You observe that I'm not the one feeling this only one, but you also, in that part, you want to acknowledge to the leadership, let's talk this out. It is understood that now we're dealing with some of that loss of your peers, and we also acknowledge that now we're going back and maybe the way we did business is very different. So now some of the learning curve of now working from home, now we're going back into that. So that also production is one of those things. So if you, you as an employee should go to them and explain, just mention that. It doesn't mean you have to, you're not looking for you to be in some way slacking. You're just acknowledging there's a significant change. Whether my peers aren't here, the way we do business, so that's going to have an impact on um, how much the how much time we use to do the, the actual job. We got to know that there's mm-hmm. a healing process for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, at the top of the show, I had mentioned that you know, aside from COVID concerns, and now going from a what has become a new normal for many of us, and now we have to kind of adopt and adapt to yet another new normal uh, post-lockdown, what are some of the – what if I find myself anxious because I have to get on an elevator or I have to get on a train or I have to, um, you know, where the business is located is in an area where there's been demonstrations uh, or looting and – even though in some of the areas where there was looting, there's, the, the demonstrators aren't there anymore, but the stores are boarded up. And that's not the image I had when I was going to and from work before the lockdown period. So that's adding to our anxieties and, and to the fear. So how do we manage that using your toolkit? So one of the things that was a very good question. So a couple of things where I believe in prayer work, and that's still the, uh, the element of air. So some of the things that you would contemplate in that tool book would be your affirmations. It could be some inspirational reading. So if in that part that you have accessible, we're, and I'm talking about that toolkit, we're talking about things that are easy that you can easily grab for. So and they pick, one of the things goes back out of control. So if I know in front of me I'm going to get on the elevator, uh-oh, and I've had that six feet spacing, and now I get on the elevator and I have some anxiety going to be there. So I'm going to grab in that tool book my prayer, or I'm going to grab it some affirmation, something to allow me to focus, not get caught up in that where I'm going to walk into, but really create a sort of a shield around yourself. So that prayer or that affirmation, those things you want to select words. I can do this. I'm empowered. My higher force protects me. It's almost create like a shield around yourself. So regardless, because we're not going to, I don't want anyone to leave to think we're not going to be all, once you leave out your door, we have to understand that there is some level of risk. So either outside your door, at the elevator, or even on the way to work. Now there's just these things going on. There's protests and stuff. And yet that's, so in your thought about the control, it's anticipating the worst. So whatever that is, then you remain, remain and maintain control. So I can pull from my tool belt that. Or water. Water is a great one. Water is about refreshing. It could be for those who think externally, energetically-wise, or it is. It's just that light force that's around you. 
You can grab something like a Florida water, a cleaning agent. And believe it or not, you can actually use even your sanitizers. Think about in terms of energy. Alcohol has a base of just clearance. And when it evaporates, it clears things. So from the energy standpoint, feel like you have that shield. So maybe you already have your mask. Maybe you have some of these other things. But in the idea that the collective consciousness, which you are part of, you're tapping in and asking for that universe to keep you protected, let you be really shielded from those things, and that internally, too, for yourself. See that, that vision, that shield, and show your own barrier. So those things that are outside of yourself, you choose to continue to have a barrier around yourself. Mm. Okay. Um, so I think that, that that's great. And I think people – you know, be patient. It's not going to be, if you adopt any of these techniques or other techniques yourself, it's not going to happen in 24 hours. It's, it's something that is going to be a process. And in, in time, as we all become more conscious and aware of, you know, our surroundings, whether it's at work, whether it's commuting on, on public transit, uh, getting on elevators, walking past boarded-up stores, it's, it's going to take a little more than a minute to really uh, settle in, not necessarily accepting, but settle into a place to where you start to manage that anxiety and also fear level. Uh, so it sounds, based on what you're saying, Richard, that this doesn't sound like it's limited to the workplace. I mean, it sounds like these are are tactics that we could use just generally. Absolutely. And to the point to even the small notebook, which is why I, I just do that anyway, but making notes, because in this, this type of situation, it's really, really important to be in the observation mode versus the participant. So if you find yourself being part of it, then you will be inclusive. So I, I'm a strong advocate about, the universe talks about observing. So sometimes you have to sit back and watch things, take notes, because then you can really assess it, because I'm not really being part of it, but here's the thing I'm, I'm noticing. So then it allows you to be clear and concise in your thoughts, so you do have a level of control. You know what? I don't really have to really buy into that. I can choose to observe it. Here's what I notice. So then you don't, the ownership is not really on you. I'm just observing. So if I make notes of these things and then I bring it to the forefront, then it says, you know what? My favorite, you know, here's what I observed. I'm not telling you how to do it, I'm not suggesting, but that part, then if you still have an active role in it to be able to say, you know what, there's some things that I noticed. So then that part, people tend to be more receptive versus just saying, this is how we need to do it. You know, I want to be a part of it into one, one part of the degree. So that notebook just says, you know, I just took notes. And that's that whole preparation mm. part of it. I don't have to always have the answer. Oh, okay, so now I discovered the elevator. Now, oh, the elevator wasn't quite six feet. Make note of it. Things, and you go back. That's why I say go back to reassess because you can detach yourself from that experience because you're really putting it down on earth. And that, I mean, on paper, and that part allows you later on to process it when you're no longer in that environment where you can think it out. You can kind of say, let me, okay, I did observe this. I want to maintain composure with myself. I want to be able to, what's the solution I could possibly come up with? Guess what? It doesn't just benefit just you. It definitely helps you from the anxiety 
for yourself, but think about the others too, your fellow man. They may not know what to do either, just like what we're doing now. Their instructions, you know, the, our higher self, God, whatever forces you want to call it, you know, we are supposed to help each other. You got to help yourself first. And then what do you do for your fellow man? So I think this part, these, this whole guide, if you will, really helps us in so many ways. And if you're diligent about just observing some of the stuff, then it will really help to minimize some of the, the possibilities of anxiety. So true. And I, I would add one other thing to the, the toolkit is um, rubber gloves, um, particularly if you have to take an elevator or even, you know, you're walking from a train station to the to your office building where you have to press a button to cross the street. Um, there are light rubber gloves that you could wear, and, and they're disposable, but that also helps you in terms of feeling a measure of, of safety. Um, and, it, and, and, again, it's going to take some time before we really find out what this really is and how we are really supposed to, you know, engage and, and, and live going forward. Uh, I want to pause and open up the line uh, to see if any one of the listeners has questions uh, for Richard. The number to call in is 347-857-2878. That's 347 347- I was going to say, um, to your point about even the, the additional gloves, um, I know, uh, for example, like Walmart has a small, like a spray bottle size, which is what I carry all the time with me. It's, it's a pocket-sized one that's a, a hand sanitizer, which is a little, little spray thing. I always, I carry mm. in my car, carry the one that goes in my pocket. So even if it's real quick, I'm doing different sessions, I quickly just spray the small condensed one. So it's one of those things that, so even when I'm going to go into the store, I have it in my pocket. I just spray mm. it on my own glove, mm. and then I'm wiping down for the carriage. So things that you can do that, again, the whole thing is to be able to have the, make you feel like you have an active role in it. And we want to really, really work on diminishing the fear of it all. So in that part, like, you really have tangible, controlled things. Then you're like, okay, I can do this. I, you know, and everyday exploration. I'm all about optimism. So, okay, let me see. I'm going to be tomorrow to be another day. But I think that preparation is the key thing. So you, you get yourself, you know, ready and geared up. So even in your thoughts the night before, the thoughts the day before, that day, everything, the next step you're going you're gonna to sort of create from an energy standpoint is positivity. So that part about how I see it, I don't want to get caught up in the rhetoric. I don't want to get caught up in I do know some real things, and those realism parts, I'm not going to ignore them or not act as if they don't exist. But what can I possibly do to shield myself in all aspects of what that looks like? I can only do be diligent from a preparation standpoint. So then, again, if people see you have a level of control, like, okay, we can do this, and your presentation is like, well, you're going to be very combative. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fine. So 
remember, it's, it's really fluid and electric. So if you're doing it starting with yourself first and people around you, it's like, oh, you can do this. Let's try. That's going to make other people feel that. If you catch yourself being, uh, oh, no, what's going to happen? It happen. Do what you possibly can do. Be a contributor to the solution. If you know you see these things happening, what can I do to make it so everyone together? We still have to work. We have different reasons why we need to work. So because of that, then in that part about the shared experience, let's try to be really diligent about making everyone feel part of it and make them feel safe, what it's possible to do, and then maybe suggest something to your peers. Like, oh, you know what? You didn't bring two gloves. Here, I got one here. You know, tomorrow maybe you bring one in and you do it that Part, then people feel like you're not, you're like I said, you are protecting yourself, but you're also just thinking about the reason why you even going to work. We all have our reasons for doing it. There's a need of some sort. The only thing that's together is the commonality is the employer. So you know we're going to still go out because we have to, then why not think about each other too? And for those who work in buildings where maybe it's only three stories high or four stories high, if you are feeling a little, you know, anxious about getting on an elevator, well, use an opportunity to work on some healthy habits and take the stairs if you can. Um, and uh, get that exercise in. Get, you know, do, do some walking. Also, if you are in a building where you can walk uh, around the building campus or, or in the neighborhood, um, that's another way to help diffuse any anxiety you may be feeling. And if you have a mask and you practice this social distancing, um, maybe to Richard's point, invite a coworker who may be feeling a little more anxious and to take that walk with you to help calm you down. And I think yeah, that there, you know, Richard is, is go ahead. I was going to say the other thing to to that point, even just the idea, you know, some of us may not even be wearing the mask properly. So information is fine. Mm -hmm. You do have the right color on the outside versus, you know, whether you have it, you're holding in versus, you know, allowing the filtration to go another way. So even that information, you know what I discovered? I found out that you should, the blue should be on the outside. If you're the one who uh, may have some symptoms or mild symptoms, but whatever may be the case, she would appreciate that information. Oh, I didn't even know that. So that same thing builds mm-hmm. up confidence. So guess what? If I'm going to go in the elevator and I know I wear my mask or if I have an N95 and I know I have it on top, I'm probably going to feel less bothered because I think I've been diligent about even if I'm even in six feet, I still have the type of the, the, the proper filtration that really minimizes the possibility. doesn't completely eliminate it, but I'll feel more safe with that versus, and I'll take the other side of it, as a person with no mask. I might say, you know what, I have another mask, like one, like somebody, whatever I can do. Because remember, I want to feel okay, I want to feel safe, but I also want to be conscious of my the fellow person. Now, we, we have to assume that people want to be responsible, just, you know, oh, I didn't have a mask. Here you go, here, have one, that way you can feel okay. Whatever we can do that still makes you feel better, then if I get on the elevator and not everyone has a mask, I feel a lot better. But it's just, I have mine and no one else has theirs. You know what I mean? Yes. Another aspect of this is, um, hey, we're, this is spring and we're about to move into the summer months. 
Um, we're not going to be bundled up in coats. There's going to be a lot more of our skin that's um, exposed because we're dressing for the weather, the hot weather. Um, and I think there's anxiety around being touched. Somebody bumps into you, they touch you. Um, you don't want to be touched. It could be an elevator. It could be, you know, even in a supermarket. Um, I think it's important to not get frozen or, or, or so caught up in that. Um, one other question I'll ask Richard you is, is, ask you is around, you know, a lot of activities that uh, people used to do after work um, are not going to be available to them this summer. You know, there are free concerts in the park. There are, um, you know, festivals. There are uh, uh, sporting events, other things. So that creates a pretty big void during summer months. So that can also contribute to some level of anxiety because now, you know, we're coming out of a three-month period. It was sort of winding down, you know, the winter season when we started it. But people like to be outside. They like to um, go to things and be in social events, even going to restaurants. So how would you extend some of this advice to, like I said, this void that we're going to have to manage through during the summer months? So it's it's really going to be a little challenging because uh, we still try to discover some of these things, and you know there's so many things that have been explored around you know kills the virus and all these other things that you know the, we we're going to have to come to our that line of sand to say you know what okay maybe this year I won't be able to do all those things but I you know I can prepare for next year or upcoming more information because. What I think the illusion that happens and how we can get ourselves in danger of coming up is we think about here and now. We get caught up, oh, I want the excitement now, and I just versus we want to be prepared. So if we have enough information, you're going to have to be okay with, okay, this year maybe I won't be able to see the concert. Maybe I won't do. But again, you want to think about protecting yourself. Is it really that important of a risk to go have restaurant food? Or maybe once you have people over and create space within your, your home or outside in the back, you can do things on a smaller scale. I think it's a great opportunity mm-hmm. to really maximize on still doing some social events on a smaller scale, but still respecting until we have more information. Um, you can still be with other people, but maybe restaurants may not be the best thing right now or the ones that have respective, you know, a lot of restaurants are also already um, change the tables where so they've added more space or eliminate some tables just to get so function. So you can seek out those types or um, place that give you enough space to retain things. But I think the one of the blessings for me is now just to be able to still see each other. It's like being grateful. Well, I still have my families around and I still have friends and I still how I just make that positive. I think that's really going to come up to each person. And so if we come up with an alternate solution, so, okay, we can't do it the way that we have done in the past, we've learned from the past. So now how we recreate some of these new, new um, 
opportunity to be with each other because we still we're feeling sensitive people. So we're not going to be, we don't want to deny that that is important to most of us, but we do want to find alternative solutions to still be able to be around each other. And maybe I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not at the same method to touch you, but I still feel like you come up with all these other things. You do the, you know, the high five without touching. You do our shoulders. We do our, our elbows. We do all these other things. So that means we're still fostering that need of being of that unity. And so if we can allow ourselves right. to say, okay, this year I'm not able to do that, it's not that big of a deal. Okay. You know, some we have to make sacrifices around that. And I think, unfortunately, we live too much in, um, oh, well, we used to do this, we used to do all those things. It's the new normal. The new normal gives you the opportunity to redefine what that's going to look like. True. Once again, um, listeners, if you would like um, to ask Richard a question, um, the number is 347-857-2878. That's 347-857-2878. Uh, I wanted to share with the listeners a article that came out this evening in the New York Times. Um, and it, it, it's interesting that Richard gave you five points, because this is the name of the article is Five Rules to Live By During a Pandemic. And the first one is around checking the health of your state and community. So, you know, we were getting these regular updates. Uh, for your respective towns or counties or your states. So you should continue to do that um, because that will help you gauge um, what the risk level is in your particular area. The second thing is to limit the number of your close contacts. So it's kind of like what Richard was talking about um, because our activities are going to change every day. You know, schools may reopen. Someone maybe protest, um, you know, just in terms of who are your quote safe contacts, if you would. Uh, the third is around managing your exposure budget, and by that they're talking about um, every member of your household is going to have an exposure budget. Um, so if you think about the comparison, Weight Watchers point for virus risk. So you spend very few budget points for low-risk choices like a once-a-week grocery trip or exercising outdoors. But you expend more budget points if you're attending an indoor dinner party or you got a haircut or, you know, you decide you're going to go to an event where there are a lot of people. It could be a protest. It could be, you know, a gala. Um, and you blow your budget completely because you, you spent it in a crowd. So you want to be mindful of, you know, how you, the choices that you're making in terms of your exposure. The fourth item in the article talks about keeping higher-risk activities as short as possible. So, for example, brief encounters, especially those like passing somebody, you know, on the sidewalk or a, a runner who is coming past you. Right now they're saying that those kinds of encounters are unlikely to make you sick. That's what they're saying now. Okay. 
face-to-face contact. As Richard was saying, wear a mask. Keep, you want to keep close conversations short because um, we still don't know how that the, the, the exposure, if, when you're talking to people, how that, that, that exposure happens um, in terms of these viral particles that they talk about. Indoor exposure. In an enclosed space like an office, birthday party, you can still become infected from a person across the room if you share the same air for an extended period of time. Um, so, again, it's, it's, you have to decide, using your exposure budget, what you are going to, where you're going to be and how long you're going to be there. And the final thing is to just keep taking the pandemic precautions. Keep a mask handy, which is part of your safety toolkit. Um, so be sure to wear it when you go shop or you go to the office. Anytime you're in close contact with people outside of your, your home, practice social distancing. Um, stay six feet apart. I know in most grocery stores and, 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 and even Home Depot and other places, they actually have the markers. Be mindful of that and, and adhere to those, those markers. Wash your hands frequently and be mindful about touching those public surfaces, you know, the elevator buttons, handrails, subway poles, um, traffic uh, signal buttons. And as I said earlier, rubber gloves can help you or if you want to carry, you know, even a paper towel or tissue that you use to to, to touch those surfaces, and then you talk to them after you get where you're going. And um, be mindful of people who are in your social circle who might be of higher risk um, because, again, we still are learning about, about this, um, and we still don't have all the information uh, about it in terms of now as we are coming out from under this three-month lockdown period, um, it, it will be a little hit or miss, but I think that the measures that Richard talked about are um, really will, will help each of us in terms of managing ourselves. It's about a self-care. It is about being mindful of yourself and creating that bubble or that aura around yourself by taking really good safety precautions. So, Richard, do you have any additional or final guidance for our listeners? Just to reiterate those, like I said, those five key words and kind of use that, and like, like you mentioned, really, really in just your living experience right now. So it's definitely work-related, but these these key words can be utilized in everything right now. That's preparation, control, observations, solutions, and trust. So just the idea of being prepared. Ask the questions before your employer. Ask time and give yourself ample time to know what that environment looks like. What are some of the things that you want to do for your own self, having that that tool bag ready and having information, different things for you that are tangible things. Like I said, include a stone for earth, water bottle, all these different things, plus all the agent, cleaning agents that we can think of that are uh, easily ready, readable, ready. 
um, then also just having control. The anxiety can only exist if you don't feel like you have control. So you are part of the decision-making and having that level of control, then you're just going to reduce, if not eliminate, the idea behind anxiety. Then as an observer, take note of things that you see. Where's or what are things that would possibly meant? Be be owner of that and be able to take notes, write down the details, write down the things that you did observe, but also solutions. Be thoughtful in that part. Be open to what can I possibly do for myself? What could I do for the group? What could I do for my peers? What could I do for my employer? And trust. Trust that everyone's going to value what you bring to the table. And so no matter what it is, it could be just something someone would miss. It could be anything. Remember, it's this, everything we're doing now is evolving. Look from where we came from to where we are now and be optimistic about where we're going. But really have an active part of it so that in all these things, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the uh, riots, whatever thing that comes to us, we as people always excel. It's when we, once we discover what needs to happen, then we are really, really instrumental in coming together and coming up with those solutions. So if you see what your voice is really important and be part of all that, um, you're really going to find yourself in so many levels uh, eliminating anxiety, eliminating just the idea of not having some clarity. Yeah, and, and what I'm hearing and what just came to me is that this is also an opportunity for you, for our listeners, to also prepare prepare the safety toolkits for the members of your household and talk to them about how to use it, you know, what they should do, um, you, you know, whether it's your children or your, your parents or your siblings, your husband, whoever, um, that you prepare and you can be a train the trainer, you know. It's, it's like you, you tell them what they should do, how they should use it, what are the good habits they should use going outside, um, and, you know, encourage them to also be observant and write down their observations. I think that that would be, um, you know, that that helps. I think when you have a group of folks who are kind of like-minded in the same space, I think that that would be really um, positive because that will also help to diffuse your, your own anxiety as well as theirs. I would also encourage even like cross conversations because not necessarily it doesn't have to be specific to just your employer, how you go to work, even talk to each other. Because in communication, you may find mm-hmm. something like I said, someone cross, um, you know, cross occupations. So someone who goes out regularly commute, maybe it's something that they discover, or someone who works from home, or someone who just takes, uh, you know, Drive shortly, you know, those things that, that we can discover and we can share with each other, that will get a lot of traction for all of us. As much as, as, much as we can come together, um, and the same thing comes from young adults or even children, they have another aspect of things. We can ask them some of the things, you know, young children don't necessarily have to have uh, some of the cleaning agents, but believe me, they're very intelligent. So they're like, oh, you know, I saw this or this. Think about that. It may they come from a perspective from a smaller scale that becomes very significant on a larger scale. So um, we're going to pause here, and um, 
we didn't have any questions tonight, but I want to wrap up by just reminding everyone, first of all, thanking you for for listening and dialing in, but that this is an evolving process. It is um, nobody has the silver bullet or the solution for how we should be engaging as we get into this next new normal phase post-lockdown. But we should exercise common sense. We should be mindful. We should uh, develop that toolkit. That toolkit can be used whether you're going to work, whether you are on public transit, and also to an extent when you're at home, you know, and writing down those uh, observations and practicing the prayer, practicing uh, the um, uh, even affirmation. And, you know, music is important, or maybe even um, the sponsor of this, this, this series is Audible, maybe an Audible book. But be patient with yourself. Go with the flow. Don't get so anxious that you know, you, you become paralyzed. Allow yourself to really go with the process. Be fluid and allow the process to help you because, again, we are all in this together. We're all learning. We're, and as more information comes out, we'll make adjustments accordingly. There isn't any one um, answer, but I do feel that Richard's advice is really very, very helpful and can be one of the approaches that you take and maybe the approach that you adopt for yourself. So I'll give you Richard's, um, Richard, if you could share your contact information with the listeners again, because folks may have some questions after this broadcast. Sure. Um, you can reach me on uh, via my website, uh, guidancebyrichard.com. If you go there, you also will be able to connect and get the information about uh, this um, this one and previous uh, podcasts and values to uh, get the details on that. But I also invite you to give some feedback, too, so you can share some of those, what you learned. I'm interested, maybe there aren't many questions or any questions because maybe it was clear enough that it gave you enough insight to, to, to be able to use this, this tool, if you will, this, this written um, summary to allow you to be able to be effective and, and getting out there to the, to the workforce. Thank you. And remember to breathe. You know, one yes. thing they said about this, this lockdown period was how much clearer and fresher the air is. It's important to breathe. Take advantage of the fresh air, the fresher air, to help you uh, diffuse any anxiety or fear. Stay hydrated, not just because it's the summer months, because it's, it's important for us to stay hydrated. And, and take that breath in and, and let it out, and you'd be surprised at how that can help to calm you down. But remember to breathe. It's, it's interesting that when we get anxious, we, we stop breathing, which only adds to even more anxiety. And we are unconsciously uh, not breathing. 
So add that to your to your your toolkit, whether it is post lockdown or whatever, but remember to breathe. And remember to to stay the course and be mindful of what's going on. Limit your 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 news exposure and and start to look for things that will bring you joy, things that will keep you centered and focused. And as the clock on my clubhouse wall is saying that it's about time for us to wrap up. So I thank, again, my guest co-host, Richard Onhue. Great information as always. I thank all of the listeners who have dialed in, and I ask you to just stay safe and continue to stay the course. Have a good night. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.